1: Welcome to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. My name's Martine and I'm an alcoholic. The purpose of this show is to increase public awareness of Alcoholics Anonymous as an effective means of recovery from the disease of alcoholism. Our show has two parts. First, we talk a bit about alcoholism, what it is and what AA can do to help. And then we'll interview a recovering alcoholic who is an active member of AA. I'm now going to ask our guest to read the AA preamble, which is read at the start of every AA meeting.
0: Kia ora, my name is Carla, I am an alcoholic. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution, does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety.
1: So, what is alcoholism? Alcoholism is a disease, not a disgrace. There's no shame in having an illness or a disease. An unusual feature of the disease is that it will do whatever it can to convince you that you do not have it. However, once it has a hold of you, the progression of symptoms is like the classic disease model and the victim is as helpless as a sufferer of cancer. If you're an alcoholic, you're at the beginning of a long road that usually ends in one of three places, prisons, institutions or death. If you think this sounds dramatic, we can assure you that our collective experience has shown this to be true. The challenge is to convince the alcoholic to admit that they need help and become willing to seek it. Denial is a major symptom of alcoholism. The alcoholic is often the last one to recognise it and admit that they have it. Our definition of alcoholism is that it's an allergy of the body coupled with an obsession of the mind. The allergy is the physical aspect of the disease. After having the first drink, the phenomenon of craving develops and we lose control over when we will stop drinking. The old saying is, one is too many and a thousand is never enough. And yet because of the obsession of the mind, the mental aspect of the disease, the alcoholic is compelled to keep picking up the first drink. This makes us powerless. We often hear from sober alcoholics that many doubted whether life could be fun without alcohol. Fortunately, those same people report that their lives have improved dramatically since they've become sober. The 12-step programme of recovery, which is discussed at meetings and which is outlined in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, is how we get sober and maintain our sobriety one day at a time. This programme has a proven track record of helping otherwise hopeless alcoholics to achieve long-term sobriety and recovery. It has taught us how to enjoy life sober. Okay, for anyone who has just joined us, you're listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9 and we're just about to interview an AA member who's going to share their experience with alcoholism. So, let's meet our guest. I wonder if you'd introduce yourself and give us a quick sketch of who you are, maybe starting with your age and how long you've been sober.
0: Kira, thank you. Um, my name is Carla, I am an alcoholic. Um, I came to my first meeting 10 days before my 23rd birthday and I'm going to be 49 (laughs) in January so I've been longer in this fellowship than not. I am a mother and a wife and um, a useful member of the world. I've got a a beautiful career that I would never have imagined having Um, and I'm a sister and a daughter and a friend and um, I... I'm very grateful for sobriety, and yeah,
1: that's probably me. Could you could you tell us about your childhood? What was it like, and where did you grow up, and that sort of thing?
0: Sure, um, it was interesting. Recently, I was just reminded. Um, so, I, I grew up in in the Waikato, but then moved overseas um, to another country to Spain when I was 11. Um, but my drinking started very early, mm-hmm. and um, I I had kind of. you don't hear a lot about very, very young children drinking, but um, I read Ruby Tilly's biography recently and she talked about drinking like as an eight, nine-year-old. And that was my experience. I was in a family, um, my parents were very young when they had me. Mm -hmm. um, There was always partying happening. And so for me to like, Sneak a few drinks here and there was just really easy to do, right. and um, yeah, I I just I remember I just I remember drinking from a very young age and um, looking for oblivion. Like I just right. I, I I I just I, I don't know what it was about that, but just to get completely out of it, to pass out in bed, that was you know like that was what I was looking for. Um, Moved overseas to Spain, where the drinking age is a lot younger than it is here. It was 16. Alcohol is everywhere; it's just a part of life. Um, so it was just very easily accessible. Um, and again, it was it was like I can just as even now, I can close my eyes and have the smell and the sensation of opening my parents' liquor cabinet of just opening it up and you're getting that mix of the smell of the alcohol and the cigarettes and the, you know, and all of that sort of stuff. And so I was a kid that always wanted more. Mm. I was a kid that never had enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, You could never do enough for me. Uh, I was the eldest in the family, so I knew best. Um, I had two younger sisters and I was just, I thought my parents did a terrible job of bringing them up, so I thought I could do a much better job than they could. Um, very ambitious, uh, very um, very involved in life, but also um, very quite lost. Like I remember having to go to um, counselors when you know m- my mum caught me shoplifting, and you know things like that, and, and just but just spinning tails, like just just spinning tails. Um, good times and bad times.
1: So when did when did you know that alcohol was was a problem for you?
0: I loved what you read at the beginning about that denial. Mm. You know, um, I I did not know that alcohol was a problem even when I came here. I did not know that alcohol was a problem for me. I, I just kept on. I came in through another fellowship, so I kind of hit my rock bottom with another substance. Um, but I came to my first meeting, twelve step meeting on a Wednesday and I met the person who became my sponsor and she talked about how addiction swapped from substance or could swap from substance to substance yeah. and that I was best to come along to AA and um, I always think about it like the mothership, you know, like AA is like there's fellowships but AA is the mothership and so I got to my first AA meeting on the Friday and but I would go, I would, I went to those meetings for, this was up in Auckland and I went to those meetings for quite a while saying I'm not an alcoholic I'm not an alcoholic, I'm not as bad as you guys, you know, like I'm just, uh, and because of what my picture was of an alcoholic as well, like my picture of an alcoholic was, I I had a master's degree from university, I had a a partner, I was going to get married, I had a job, like I did not, I did not, I didn't think that my picture was uh, that I was an alcoholic but um, i kept on going to those meetings i was really i really loved those meetings cuz the stories like just the the recovery and the the miracle of those stories and then at one point and i just i always get goosebumps cuz there was a guy there that used to talk about that he was an alcoholic from the top of his head to the tip of his toes to the tip of his fingertips and i used to sit there going oh I don't know, I might be a little bit alcoholic, like maybe like my little finger. And also the other thing was that the solution, you know, like the solution in AA is to is abstinence. It's to stop drinking. And I thought that was incredibly drastic. (laughs) You know, like I really thought when I came in here that you'd teach me how to drink like a lady. Like I knew I didn't drink like a lady. Like I knew when, you know, like once I started, I couldn't stop. So I knew that I didn't drink like a lady. And I wanted to know how to answer that question when they said, do you want red wine or white wine? My question, my answer in my head was always both, you know, like just, I didn't know how to, I wanted to sip it and like have my little pinky out and, you know, like I just wanted to be ladylike. So I thought you would teach me how to do that. And so the sh- the shock of, because I was engaged to be married, the shock of not drinking champagne at my wedding, like mm. how can you not drink champagne? At, like that makes no sense to me. So I was willing to admit that I might be a little bit alcoholic and then I sat in a meeting and this person shared and she'd come from another fellowship as well and she said that she drank the same way that she used her other substance. And I thought, oh my God. And at that moment, listening to her story and listening to her experience, I knew at that moment that I was an alcoholic from the top of my head to the tip of my toes to the tip of my fingertips. And I can never, once you know that, once you've felt that feeling, you can never unfeel that. And then you stick around long enough and you hear people say things like, you can't be a little bit alcoholic, just like you can't be a little bit pregnant. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So I just, I knew at that point that The oblivion wasn't the answer. The wanting more wasn't the answer. Um, And it wasn't really the drinking. It was the way
1: that I was. So how have you managed, because you've been sober for a long time, how have you managed that? Um, Can you talk us through your toolkit of
0: Yeah, well, one day at a time really, really helps because definitely in those beginning times I was like, there is no way that I am not drinking alcohol and having champagne at my wedding. And the old timers would just keep on saying... It's okay dear, it's not happening today. It's not happening today. and it was like blah 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 but you know uh, it's not happening today. Um, so there was always that that one day at a time and then coming around to my wedding and honestly my wedding day was the most happiest day of my life. It was on a Friday, there were members from this fellowship there and on Sunday after the honeymoon I was at a meeting, you know like it just it was it was such a joyous joyous day um and then so there was no desire to drink on that day there was no desire and so for me I've never stopped coming to meetings like it took me a while to get as I say I've got other substances for me it's food and there was a lot of denial around that as well because it was like oh my god for god's sake this is pathetic but for me that was that and so it just it took it took what it took um, to get completely clean and sober, so that took many years. But in all that time, I never stopped coming to meetings. Yeah. Like that was number one thing was I never stopped coming to meetings. Um, I had a sponsor during all of that time, um, but yeah, my my life didn't really start to change until I, until I started to work those steps. Yeah, and working those steps is around especially that surrender. You know, I said before, I've got this, I've got this master's degree and I'm like super clever and like when you said 12 steps, I'm like 12 steps, 12 weeks, you know, I'll get new stationery, I'll like figure it out and work it out and then I'll tell you guys all how to do it. You know, like this can't be that hard, but that that actual, that actual surrender, that actual I need help, that took a long, long time.
1: So, can can you let us know how how do you cope when you've got difficulties when something's really really trying for you in your life?
0: Yeah, that's um, that's a really great question. I um, I was just sharing earlier about um, I started about ten years ago. I started going to a meditation meeting, mm-hmm. um, and that really made a big change in my life. At the time, there was a lot that was hard. I mean. You know, I I really have nothing to complain about because all my life experiences are my life experiences. Um, but there's nothing that I have to go through by myself or alone anymore. And that's what I'm most grateful for, is that I have these fellowsh- this fellowship of people, I have my sponsor, I have other members of this fellowship that have always been there for me and, mm. and, and are always there for me. But um, at that particular time, I... W- the, the earthquakes we were we were east um, our our house broke, we had liquefaction the earthquakes were terrible. We didn't have running water or power for days and then um, we didn't have we didn't have flushing toilets for over a year. wow um, it was it was pretty chaotic and um, we were a rebuild, but we had to deal with all of this stuff with EqC and you know all of that stuff. and then my father-in-law who was, Almost more a father to me than my actual father. My husband and I um, started going out when we were 17. Wow. Um, And my dad left our family um, for another family quite early on. And so um, Bill was like a father to me and he got diagnosed with um, melanoma and had had been given a certain amount of time. And um, life stuff, you know, life stuff. Like, oh, well, I'm not the only one who went through the earthquakes so I'm not the only one who's who's got family members who have had cancer and but just life stuff and um, and uh, someone invited me to go along to the meditation meeting they said I think it will be good for you because it looks like you're doing life tough you know and we've got that serenity prayer of you know grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change there were so many things I can't I can't change and yeah. I can't control. And going to that meeting did make a massive difference, um, you know, and, and you know, often my go-to solution, you know, is fun or distraction yeah. or work <laughs> or, you know, or get angry at my husband because he pissed me off for some reason that it never changes. And. Or my children or, you know, and, and those things can come up. But actually, when when I'm working these steps, when I'm handing my will and my life over to a higher power of my own understanding, when I'm doing work, working those steps in touch with my sponsor, going to meetings, then I, life doesn't have to be so hard. It doesn't mm. have to hit me quite so hard and I don't have to react. Mm. Um, and as I say, I've always got the help that I've needed, always
1: that's where our power is isn't it where and and how we react to things and what about service how important has service been to you in your recovery i am so grateful for service service keeps me out of trouble i'm a doer
0: i'm not a i'm not a i'm not a spiritual seeker i'm not like a sit down and be quiet i'm a, i'm a person that does things so i'm a secretary of a meeting and I help out with different you know different things and I'm on the phone with people anybody who wants to hear my experience you know yeah. please you know call me and I'll share with you my experience and it just keeps me out of trouble I'll just I'll just share a story um I have two boys that um men young men now and um I was asked to go and uh chaperone (laughs) chaperone a whole bunch of 18 year old boys they were filming at, at, at a location and you know needed needed an adult there um I'm I can be very involved and very kind of in your face but I had a whole lot of service work to do that weekend and so I sat away in another room doing that service and those kids were saved from me (laughs) you know like they did not have to put up with my create self centered wanting to be the center of attention always wanting more they didn't have to put up with any of that because I had online meetings to go to and I had service to do and that's they don't know that they have to be grateful for this fellowship. They don't know that they have to be grateful for service, but I am every single day.
1: Yeah. And what does your life look like now compared to – well, actually, if we could go back and say the way that your life was heading, how how is it now compared to what you think it would look like if you continued to drink?
0: I have – I don't actually have to go far to know what my life would be like because I have, you know – um, family members and and others who have decided not that th- th- this is not the solution for them. They've continued to there's because there's so many other options out there, right? To live your life, you know, um, some for some people the solution is gin, for some people the solution is ADHD medication, for some people the solution is whatever else. I am not searching anymore yeah. for that solution. I have this way of life, and I have um, it talks about in the big book, A Design for Living, mm. like I have this design for living and I have absolutely no doubt that God and this fellowship has done for me what I could never do for myself and that, you know, I've heard my sponsor for years and years and years said to me of myself, I am nothing. I would not be married. Yeah. I would not have a relationship with my boys when my boys call me, that I'm not hovering over them looking at they they call me when they need me or want me I am talking to every single member of my family um, I have got this job and this life that is full and where I get to be useful and I would I have no doubt that I would have none of that none of that I am self-centered of myself I am self-centered in the extreme and I would be able to sabotage any sick any single situation any single relationship. Um, I did get married to my husband, I didn't have champagne or my wedding cake, and in January we'll celebrate 25 years married, cool. and you know, he still drives me crazy sometimes, but um, it's just, it's just, what blows me away, what blows me away, and this is, you hear old timers say it, and long timers say it, of like, it keeps getting better, Yeah, it keeps getting better, and you're like, it can't get better. Like, it just, it can't possibly get better. And it does. You know, like, it just keeps getting better. Those same situations that come up, it just, you handle them in a slightly different way in a slightly different, and, and years go by and it just, it just keeps getting better. And, and I want more of that. Like, yeah. I want what the long timers have, you know, that peace in their life and that, you know, just that, um, yeah, that way of life. I'm very grateful.
1: So AA has been described as a spiritual program. Um, what does spirituality mean to you? Mm. Um, well, I my
0: I came in with a, a belief in I guess a Christian higher power um, and that was um, it, it wasn't <laughs> so my my Prayers before I came into this fellowship often went along the lines. I'll just share a story, it's probably the easiest way. My grandfather was a Methodist minister, and my grandmother was a Methodist minister's wife, and they looked after me. I I lived with them quite a lot when I was a teenager, not with my own family, um, because I was trouble. And they would come and pick me up every Sunday morning, no matter where I was on a Saturday night, no matter what I had done on a Saturday night, they would pick me up every Sunday morning to go to church. And often I was, I had not slept, often I was hungover. It was, it was horrible. It was so mean. And um, every now and again, there'd be communion at the church that we were at and we would have to get down on our knees to take communion. And the, the, um, priest, the minister, would rock on his heels back and forward as the <laughs> as you were getting the communion. And my prayers were, God, please do not let me throw up on this man's shoes in front of all of these people. You know, that was that, that was like, God, please help me in this moment, like you uh, those were my prayers. Yeah. God help me and and they stayed like that for a long time in this fellowship of god help me do everything that i want to do in the day god please help like it was it was like a father christmas you know like like my higher power is like father christmas that was there to give everything to me that i wanted and it took me a long time but working those steps and changing that it's different now and that i know that i know, i i believe in a higher power um Not even believe. I know, I know that a higher power, and I don't understand that higher power, but I know that a higher power is doing for me what I cannot do for myself. My prayers are now a lot more simpler of thy will, not mine, be done. And that's very much a a letting go of myself, letting go of myself um, and connecting with this. And, and you know, I feel that in that prayer and meditation, that feeling of being whole I never had that feeling of being whole. I only, ever had, I only ever get that feeling of being whole when I'm in a meeting, when I'm in an AA meeting, when I'm with my fellows. When, Yeah, I need, I need to be around others to feel that feeling of wholeness and then I don't have that emptiness. I'm not seeking to fill that emptiness and, a, and that knowing that all is well. I'm not alone. All is well and all will be well.
1: Carla, thanks so much for coming in on the show and sharing your story with us. For our listeners, if you've related to anything you've heard or would like some more information about Alcoholics Anonymous, you can look us up at the web at www.aa.org.nz or call us on 0800 AA Works. There are over sixty meetings a week in Canterbury, so it's likely there's one near you. Join us next week to hear from more AA members sharing their experiences. Our show airs every Monday at five thirty on Plains FM and repeats on Wednesday at twelve thirty pm. You can also find podcasts of our past shows on Plains FM website at plainsfm.org.nz or you can download, subscribe and listen to podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening. And remember, if you want to drink, that's your business. If you want to stop, we can help. You don't have to do it alone. We will now close the show with a serenity prayer as we do in every AA meeting. God grant grant me me the the serenity serenity to to accept the things I cannot change. change. Courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. You've been listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plains FM 96.9.